Hi friends, happy new year. It's Sunday, January 1st, and you're listening to episode two of the Ask Polina podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about health, gut health, and also I want to share some really awesome information from the book called Mucusless Diet Healing System. So for those of you who don't know, I have been in school now. Um, well, I went to school back years ago <laughs> to get my bachelor's in business marketing. And here I am 20 years later back at school, but this time I am doing a degree in holistic sciences and then a PhD in quantum physics and naturopathic medicine. So it's actually so exciting and I love it because it motivates me to learn more about all this stuff and also partly why I love doing my live videos and recording this podcast is because I get to share all this really amazing information and it's so mind-blowing. I am currently reading a book called The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. If you haven't read it, it's incredible. Or you could just watch my videos because I talk a lot about that book. Um, and he talks a lot about cell biology and genes. And I did a little bit of that last Sunday in the last podcast. But today I want to go back over this book called The Mucusless Diet Healing System. So really quick, let me tell you the story. I was in California. My grandmother passed away. Uh, in December of 2020 and I was in California helping my mom move some of the stuff out of her house and I actually saw this book on the table and I read the cover wrong instead of it saying mucusless diet healing system I thought it said muscleless <laughs> diet healing system and so I actually didn't pick up the book and I wanted to throw it away I thought to myself like oh this is interesting. Like, why would I want a muscleless, muscleless diet? Like, who wants to read a book on muscles, on not having muscles? <laughs> so, so I just looked at it and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get rid of that book. I think I even moved it as far as I remember. I even moved it to the kitchen and put it like on top of where the trash can was, but it never made it in the trash. Instead. I ended up putting it in my bag because then I picked it up. I looked at it and it said mucusless diet healing system. And I put it in my bag and ended up taking it on the plane and I read it on the plane. It's a very short read, a very easy book to read. It's like 200 pages, but it's small. And, um, and I was so grateful. Like I was beyond ecstatic for reading this book because uh, and how awesome, because I moved it like several times closer to the garbage can, never made it. But what was really interesting was my grandmother, she used to, she's the one that taught me all about health and wellness. And uh, she was a chiropractor, changed her life later in her life, like changed her eating lifestyle and did yoga a lot later in her life because she was pretty much sick of being sick. And there were a lot of things that she told me throughout the years that she was in school um, and studying to be a chiropractor 
and a lot of the things are in this book. I was so amazed. So I, I got, there's a, the new version. So this book originally, let me just confirm. It was, um, it was written in, it was first published, I think in 1953. And then, and then, uh, so I have like a very old copy of the book. And then there's actually a, someone named Professor Spira. He rewrote the book and um, he edited it, revised it. And this was in 2015. So there's actually an expanded version that you can purchase on Amazon. And he talks about the author, Arnold Eret. He was a German healer, dietitian, philosopher, teacher, visionary, one of the first people to advocate fasting in a plant-based vegan mucus-free lifestyle. For over a hundred years, he's written his written works and teachings have touched the lives of thousands of health seekers pursuing higher levels of vitality. So this is cool because oh, so there's another um, there's another book he wrote called Rational Fasting. So he actually talks a lot about doing like intermittent fasting. And so this guy rewrote his book. So I wanted to share a couple things because when I first started reading the book, I was just like blown away. There's a lot of stuff that my grandmother used to tell me that coincides exactly what this book said. So I was like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. And now I know exactly where she got it from. Um, But, you know, one of the strongest beliefs that this uh, professor talked mostly in this book about is his belief of mucus being in the system and clogging our system and when you have mucus that's clogged your system then you have lots of problems you have different ailments and conditions and um it's so wild you can actually see and feel a person's health through their skin you know whatever their health conditions are you can see where the energy is blocked And this is once you start to become aware of what goes on inside your body and what happens in this perspective, it is something you can never unsee again. (laughs) You will just be blown away. So I'm just going to read to you guys about latent, acute, and chronic diseases. And then I'll give a little bit of an explanation too. And then some of the things that you can do. So it's the new year. I am like a huge believer of writing goals and I love goals. And I also love to just like plan. <laughs> I'm like such a planner. Um, and I believe success is planned. So if you're just like me, or maybe you need to incorporate a little bit more of that in your life, this is really good information because it will inspire you. That's what I'm here to do is inspire you to live a healthier life, to incorporate things into your life and do daily habits for your new year that will actually help you live a healthier life. That's the whole point of this podcast anyways. I want to teach you some of my ways, the tips, tools, all the things that I do to make life, my life easier, healthier, and so that it is thriving. Okay, so the first lesson has now given you an insight. Okay, in addition to mucus and acetaminophen, and blah, 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 I'm just trying to get to the good part. Um, <clears throat> so what is disease? So this is, oh wait, hold on. This is, I wanted to share with you guys. Yes, here we go. 
Every disease, no matter what name it is known by medical science, is constipation. So every disease, no matter what name it is known by medical science, is called constipation. It's a clogging up of the entire pipe system of the human body. Any special symptom is therefore merely an extraordinary local constipation by more accumulated mucus at this particular place. So I did a video about this, by the way, for those of you who follow me on Facebook about this. I think I've read this several times, but it's always good to remember and and listen to it again. Um, By the way, if you're not following me on Instagram, I'm on Instagram now, Ask Polina Now. Uh, okay, and I just launched a new website, and actually this is the first time I'm announcing it. You can go to askplanet.com. I have a brand new website. I'm still working out some of the kinks, but I have 10 new courses going on and all kinds of ebooks. We have a kidney health ebook that's coming out, the most effective daily habits um, that I do coming out, top 10 ways to monetize social media, some business ebooks. So, okay, back to the point. Um, here we go. Special accumulation. So any special symptom is therefore merely an extraordinary local constipation by more accumulated mucus at this particular place. Special accumulation points are the tongue, the stomach, and particularly the entire digestive tract. This last is the real and deeper cause of bowel constipation. The average person has as much as 10 pounds of uneliminated feces in the bowels, continually poisoning the bloodstream in the entire system. Just think about that. Every sick person has more or less mucus-clogged system, such mucus being derived from undigested, uneliminated, unnatural food substances accumulated from childhood on. Details regarding this fact may be learned by reading my, okay, so this is another book, Rational Fasting Regeneration Diet. My mucus theory and mucusless diet system stand unshaken. It has proven the most successful compensation action, so-called cure against every single kind of disease. By its systemic application, thousands of declared incurable patients could be saved. So he talks about what his um, what his perspective is on. This goes so well with what I'm studying at school. And actually, this book was not part of any of the classes that I'm taking, not yet at least. But this is something I found. Okay, so what vitality really is. To medical science, the human body is still a mystery, especially in a diseased condition. Every new disease discovered by doctors is a new mystery. There are no words to express how far they are away from the truth. Naturopathy uses the word vitality continually, yet neither medical scientists nor naturopaths can tell what vitality is. Not only is it necessary to eradicate all these errors from your brain, but to show you the truth in such a new and simple light that you can grasp it at once. This great advantage of simplicity and clarity is one of the fundamental reasons for my success. My teachings cover the truth. Whatever simple reason cannot be grasped is humbug, however scientific it may sound. Okay, so we're going to learn about fasting. Fasting has been known for hundreds of years as compensation against every disease, but why did it never come into general use and resultant universal success? Because it was never used systematically in accordance with the condition of the patient. Disease is an effort of the body to eliminate waste, mucus, and toxemias, and this system assists assists nature in the most perfect and natural way. I'm going to read that one more time. Disease is an effort of the body to eliminate waste, mucus, and toxemias, and this system assists nature in the most perfect and natural way. Not the disease, but the body is to be healed. 
It must be cleansed, free from waste and foreign matter, from mucus and toxemias accumulated since childhood. You cannot buy health in a bottle. You cannot heal your body. Although I do believe that essential oils are an incredibly useful tool to help the body heal itself. Uh, you cannot, okay, so you must take, make compensation for the wrong you have done to your body all during your life. Okay, so now I'm going to share some of the things that he says about um, medication. So the average normal man or woman considered healthy has a chronic stored up accumulation of waste food, poisons, and drugs. This is his or her latent disease. When these latent disease matters are occasionally stirred up, for instance, by a cold, a person expels great quantities of mucus and feels unhappy instead of enjoying nature's cleansing process. If the quantity of loosened mucus is great enough to more or less shock the entire system, but still not dangerous, it may be diagnosed as influenza. If the eliminating work of nature digs deeper into the system, especially into that important organ, the lungs, so much mucus and poisons are loosened at once that the circulation has to work under great friction, similar to a dirty machine or, for example, an automobile running with its brakes set. The friction produces abnormal heat, which is called fever. The doctors call it pneumonia, which is really a feverish effort on nature's part to free the most vital organs from its waste. If the kidneys are called upon to eliminate this loosened mucus, thereby shocking this organ, it is called nephritis. In other words, whenever nature endeavors, or endeavors, endeavors to save a human life through the, her efforts to feverishly eliminate mucus and its toxic products, it's called acute disease. Here's the good part. The medical profession has over 4,000 names for different ailments. The particular special name of the disease is made up according to the respective local place of elimination or to the congested point where the bloodstream finds a difficult passage and causes pain, such as pains in the joint, as in cases of rheumatism. For ages, this well-meaning effort and intended self-healing work of nature has been misunderstood and suppressed through the agency of drugs and the continuance of eating despite the warning dangerous signals of pain and loss of appetite. So one of the things, I'm just pause for a second. One of the things that I was sharing in my video was that, you know, a lot of times we have these symptoms. We have many different symptoms. Like our body is trying to communicate with us. It's trying to tell us what's going on. Like, for example, if you have painful cramps or you have cycle um, for um, like a missed period or if you have insomnia or if you have stress or if you have difficulty focusing or if you have, if you're sneezing, or you have pain in your ear, or you have pain in your joints, these are all symptoms. They're like signs from the body. The body is trying to talk to you. So um, what's happening is that this well-meaning effort and intended self-healing work of nature has been misunderstood and suppressed through the agency of drugs and the continuance of eating, despite the warning danger signals of pain and loss of appetite. So we have signals for example when you get sick if you get a cold or something you know typically you don't want to eat you lose the appetite your stomach feels maybe uneasy or queasy <laughs> uneasy or queasy and then you don't eat because of it and so this is like a signal from the system and then when we have these signals we tend to use over-the-counter medication or drugs 
And then that causes more problems because not actually helping. I actually discussed this in that last video that I did. I was talking about how when we have a certain pain in our body and our body has the natural um, ability to release like an anti-inflammatory or inflammatory signal to that specific site in the body so then the body can respond to that pain. And when we take medication, the medication doesn't do that. So our body has this ability to be like specific, has specificity, and medications, over-the-counter medications, don't have specificity or even um, prescription medications. Notwithstanding the help of the doctors, a help in fact injurious and dangerous to the patient's life, their vitality and especially their eliminating abilities are lowered and nature proceeds slowly. Under this handicap, nature cannot work as efficiently, requiring more time, and the case is called chronic. The word chronic is derived from the Greek word chronos, meaning time. You will be taught more about this mystery in lesson three and four, okay. So the word elimination refers to the removal of physiological wastes and encumbrances from the bloodstream, lymph system, or body. The term is also used by many practitioners to identify short or extended periods of intensive waste elimination. These practitioners use the term instead of the word sick, as the connotation of the latter is believed to be problematic. In parlance, a practitioner may say, I'm going through an intense elimination today, meaning that he or she is presumably eliminating large quantities of waste and experiencing various symptoms of human illness. Instances of elimination usually spur a practitioner to detoxify, fast, abstain from mucus-forming foods. As waste is loosened, the body will try to eliminate it by any means necessary. Elimination may occur through the bowels, kidneys, skin, sinuses, eyes, ears, hair, mouth, and so forth. Bum, bum, bum. That's amazing. In 2007, the World Health Organization distinguished over 12,420 disease categories, and this number increases every single year. All right, so, oh my God, it's so good. I just don't, don't want to stop. There's so much different. So he goes on to talk about the different kinds of diagnosis, how it looks in the human colon, which is really cool. Um, so he says, it's the utmost importance that through our diagnosis, we must learn as much as possible the general appearance of the inside of the human body. This is why I love biology. Our diagnosis therefore consists in finding out the degrees of quantities of individual waste matter of the patient. Experts in autopsy state that they have found that from 60% to 70% of the colon that's examined have foreign matters such as worms and decayed old feces stones. The inside walls of the overintestines are encrusted by old hard feces and resemble in appearance the inside of filthy stove pipes. At obese patients that eliminated from their body as much as 60 pounds of waste and 10 to 15 pounds alone from the colon, mainly consisting of foreign matters, especially old hardened feces. The average so-called healthy person of today carries continually with them since childhood several pounds of never eliminated feces. One good stool a day means absolutely nothing. A fat and sick person is in fact a living cesspool. A distinct surprise to me was that a number of my patients in such condition had already undertaken so-called nature cures. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay, so I'm going to end here, but I'm going to just keep going with this, all this information. I love learning about this and I love teaching about it because I feel like we just don't hear it enough, you know? And also when you... At least when I'd, I don't know if this, if this goes for you guys, but 
when I read this kind of stuff and I continuously remind myself what is happening in our system, it's actually so motivating and inspiring to stay eating healthy. So really quick before I end today, uh, so what's cool about this book is that he also has a very cool graph. Um, it's like a just like a chart that shows which foods are pus forming and which foods are mucus forming and acid forming foods. So acid binding foods are mucusless. That's the ones that you want. The pus and mucus forming foods are not the one that we want. So some of the pus forming foods are dairy products, butter, buttermilk, cheese, cream cheese, kefir, milk, yogurt, some moderately mucus-forming cereals like grains, breads, pastas, some beans that are moderately mucus, literally can't eat anything. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, I was like, when I first started reading this food, well, mostly fruits and vegetables are not mucus-forming, so that's that's really good, but like beans, moderately mucus-forming, nuts and seeds, mildly mucus-forming, processed foods, pus or very much mucus forming that makes sense of course confectionaries candies oh my goodness sweets of course ice cream dairy non-dairy gelatin candy baked goods all very mucus forming and then um so we also have fermented drinks these are these are acid forming fermented foods vegetarian and vegan food (laughs) He's got a whole list. Vegan processed food, moderately mucus. Good thing is that he's also got a list of all the foods that are not mucus forming, which I'm going to find and read to you. Okay, here, acid binding, acid binding and non-mucus forming or mucus-free foods. Green leaf vegetables, arugula, bok choy, cabbage, collard, Okay, you guys, sounds like we're just going to be eating some greens. And you like rabbits. Oh, you can make juices. That's that's much easier for me uh, because I don't know. I don't really want to eat a bowl of bok choy. <laughs> okay, collard greens, dandelion leaves, kale, leafy herbs, which I love, basil, parsley, cilantro. Those are all my favorite. Lettuce, salad, yum. Mustard, spinach, Swiss chard. Okay, raw vegetables, asparagus. Black radish is actually one of the highest forms of mucusless foods. Broccoli, Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. That's weird. Cucumbers, dandelion, dill. Green onions, onions, bell peppers, red beets, sprouts, sugar beets, tomatoes. Baked vegetables, so squash, broccoli, butternut squash, all of those things. A lot of fruits, apples, bananas, Black cherries, mucusless, blood orange, cantaloupe, cherries, grapefruit, grape, all the fruits you can imagine. Lemons, mandarin, mangoes. Also, dates are good. Apricots, apples, bananas, blueberries, cherries, pineapple, persimmon. Okay, so coconut water is also really good. Fruit jellies, maple syrup. See, I knew it. Knew that. (laughs) Maple syrup and honey is the best sweetener. By the way, if you use agave, Do yourself a favor and throw it in the trash because that is a very, 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 very not so great sweetener. So it has very high, it's a high glycemic sweetener. It's the highest glycemic sweetener. 
Okay, so good thing is that there are some really great recipes and also some other information about what is happening in your system and what you should or shouldn't be eating. That's why I always say, you guys, eat more fruits and vegetables than any other food throughout the day. So that you should keep in mind. You can steam them. You can cook them. You can eat them raw. You can do what you want with them. But eat those. And then if you want to have all the other foods slowly, but very, very little and slowly want to change and transform your eating lifestyle, that's a really great way to do it. Now, my grandmother, she just like went cold turkey, but, um, you know, I didn't. (laughs) Well, kind of, but I feel like it took over, took a little bit of time. And I have to tell you guys that story next week of how I learned how to eat healthy. Uh, So, okay. Well, that's all I have for today. I could literally be on here for hours and hours talking to you guys. But thank you so much for listening. Make sure you become a listener. Follow. I don't know exactly how to do it, but you hit the follow button. If you're listening through Spotify, you can be a listener. You can play this episode as many times as you like. And remember that education is a way for us to be inspired to make a change. And the more we become educated, the more aware we become of our body, how our body responds, how we respond to different foods, how we feel. And then when we feel that, we are inspired to change. And then when we're inspired to change, then we can also support others and making a difference in their life. So I hope that this education was um, exciting for you, just as exciting as it was for me to record it. And Happy New Year! I will see you guys here next Sunday. If you don't follow me on Facebook already, you can catch me live Mondays and Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Hawaiian time. No, just kidding. 9 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Hawaiian time, and uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time. Have a beautiful and amazing rest of your Sunday, and I will talk with you guys next week. Bye!